0: Hello and welcome to the Science of Footy podcast. You're here with your hosts Liam and Bill and today we'll be going through and ranking all of the top AFL draft prospects for this year. Bill, welcome. We debuted last week, first podcast. How do you think we went?
1: I think we did alright on debut. Um, we probably won't get dropped for that performance. Um, probably not going to win Rising Star nomination either but you know, we're better for the run I think.
0: <laughs> no Dean Polo-esque 28 touches and 3 goals off debut.
1: <laughs> no, I don't think so, but uh, hopefully we'll have better careers than Dean Polo did.
0: <laughs> all right, well, let's get kicked into it. Um, so the AFL draft's coming up on the 24th of November. We'll run through some uh, power rankings, so the order of who we think's the best talent in this draft, and then after that we might run through a bit of a phantom draft um, using all the rumours to predict who your teams might take at each pick. Uh, do you want to kick us off for our power rankings?
1: absolutely, so number one with probably the consensus number one at this point in time Cameron Rayner, plays a bit like uh, Christian Petrarca maybe at the moment and then with the potential to develop more into a Dusty Martin type or maybe even a Robbie Gray type player, Um, so at the moment his worries are that his endurance is potentially a bit low Um, he ran about 8 minutes in his 2 kilometer time trial and at the start of the year was said to have uh, about an 11 beat test score which is pretty poor for an 18 year old AFL prospect but Obviously, endurance is something you can improve upon, and he does have a lot of comparisons to Dusty in terms of winning the contested ball, uh, kicking goals, being sort of a high-impact player, um, getting value out of his touches, and having the Dusty Martin fend off.
0: Yeah, he's got a bit of that Dusty Martin haircut too, I think, helps play up to that, uh, that comparison.
1: Yeah, absolutely. Playing that one up a bit for the recruiters, I think. But it is definitely a good comparison. And at the moment, he's tracking along as about a 20-touch, two-goal-a-game player, which is definitely the sort of player that, that every team wants in their side.
0: Yeah, I think one of the things that gets forgotten a bit is when Dusty was coming through juniors, he was a pretty good runner and able to cover the ground pretty well both, both ways, which Cam Rainer doesn't have the tank for at the moment. So he will hit the AFL as more of that... Sort of Robbie Gray type forward, where he can impact the game off. You know, one quarter he can turn the can turn the game by kicking a lot of goals. So don't expect him to go straight into the midfield, but I think that's where he'll end up long term.
1: Yeah, absolutely. Probably, yeah. As you said, starting across the half forward flank and then building the tank over a couple of seasons, I think.
0: Right, we'll move on to number two, where we've got Luke Davies Uniac or LDU as he's known for, for short. Um, he's one of those uh, sort of all complete midfielders. Out of the draft you've got Rayner, which is more of that forward, and LDU is one of those uh, complete midfielders. He stands up really well in the tackles and plays well in big games. He's sort of your five-type, sort of strong strong midfielder who runs over the ground and gets a lot of the ball. So I think he'll turn into uh, one of those players that can sort of head into wherever he's drafted and play straight away if that team wants to inject some youth into their midfield.
1: Yeah, and could be looking at the uh, number one pick there. I've heard the Brisbane are quite keen on him and definitely in the mix to go at number one.
0: Yeah, and to get a young midfielder, who looks like he can step straight into the action and he comes in and kicks goals too. So I think that's where he gets a lot of the comparisons to Patrick Dangerfield where people say he plays like him because he can go forward and be damaging there as well. But um, yeah, he looks like the best pure mid in the draft, I think
1: his comparison for that title is probably uh, who we've got at number three, Paddy Dow. Um, inside midfielder, balanced midfielder, so plays inside and outside, um, gets the contested possession and has that burst of pace from the contest. So um, Always good to make quick separation there and, and use your skills. Um, good skills, kicks goals and uh, plays a bit like probably Dylan Shield is a good player comparison, I think.
0: Yeah, I like that player comparison a lot. He's sort of got um well he's not an overly quick player but his first few steps out of the stoppage are really burst so he can get the ball and get those couple of quick steps away which lets him dispose of the ball which you see dylan shield do a lot and paddy's had a a rico in his shoulder recently as well he's gone under the knife and uh that helps play out the dylan shield comparison as well we all know he's got a few shoulder problems but dow's a terrific player and yeah he's probably along with those other two boys we've mentioned um one of the top prospects going forward and a consensus top couple in the draft I would say all right we'll move on to number four now where we've got Andrew Brayshaw definitely one of the bolters of uh, this year's draft Um, he's a very good mix of inside and outside player who can get in and get that contested footy and then get the good hands out and then run to the outside what do you make of him
1: Yeah, he's a great player. So apparently he's in the mix for pick one. Uh, Chris Fagan's a big fan of him. Uh, Went down to Victoria and saw him and LDU play uh, when they both had huge games there. So he's definitely, I think, still in the mix for pick number one. Um, For those of you who don't know, he's the brother of Angus Brayshaw, who went to Melbourne at pick three a couple of years ago, um, who's unfortunately had a few concussion issues in his first couple of years. But plays a pretty similar game. So good on the contested ball, uh, good handball out of the packs, and then spreads well on the outside.
0: Yeah, I also like a bit of a Jack McRae or Clayton Oliver as a bit of a comparison to Andy Brayshaw. Just the way that they like to tackle and like to get that first hand ball out of the out of the pack. They're the sort of players whoever drafts him will probably hope that he turns into.
1: Yeah, absolutely. I think he's probably considered uh, one of the most blue chip prospects in the draft. So considered almost, you know, near certainty to become at least a very high level, you know, if not elite level AFL midfielder.
0: Yeah, and we saw all of his traits of the combine, he was the top player in the new yo-yo test which replaced the beep test this, this year, and he came 4th in the 2K and he even came 5th in the goal kicking, so he's got some skills to go along with those uh, athletic attributes, he looks like a gem.
1: He's done himself some good favours there. Oh, we'll go to number 5 now, Adam Chera, um, inside midfielder, classy midfielder, poised with the ball in hand and a good right foot kick. Um, with a good tank to cover the ground, but did miss a bit of the 2016 with a meniscus injury.
0: Yeah, he had a bit of an injury to the, his knee there, which maybe curtailed some of his uh, some of his development. But yeah, the comparison he looks he looks like Trent Koch when he runs over the ground and the way he puts his head over the ball. But um, a lot of the comparisons that came out have been about Josh Kelly, which is you know pretty high praise. But that comes from the way that he both gathers the ball and covers the ground, but also uses it well. So Kotchan's sometimes a little maligned for his kicking, but Kelly, you can see the skill that comes out when he plays, and um, hopefully that's the sort of player Chera can turn into.
1: Absolutely. So that's probably the uh, consensus top five. Um, It'd be pretty surprising to see any of those guys not go in the top five.
0: Yeah, I think um, there's there's a couple of people who could jump in there, but I think that they're definitely the top, top of the class at the moment, and I'd expect them to fall somewhere around their come draft night.
1: So who could you see cracking into that top five then?
0: Well, I think one of these this next boy that we have on the list could really jump in there is a bit of an unknown, really, a bit of a wild card coming into this draft, and that's Darcy Fogarty. So he's a South Australian boy who, probably a year or two ago, was maybe looking like he could be the number one player in this draft, but he had a bit of a uh, injury to his knee uh, this year, so he played a bit um, underdone and missed a few games and probably uh, lowered his colors a little bit compared to the numbers he was putting up before but he is i don't even know who you compare him to as a player he's got such a big body and he rotates through the forward line and the and the midfield and what do you make of him
1: yeah i've heard a matthew pavlich comparison being made before
0: mm, that's a good one
1: and potentially maybe a jack darling but with a bit more midfield potential
0: yeah, and people like, uh, I think Gary Bacchanara still rates him as the best player going into this draft, looking at his whole junior career and not just focusing on last year. And he really had, does have the uh, body to go straight into the AFL and make an impact straight away. So, yeah, it's he's really hard to place in this year's draft because other people sort of put the runs on the board this year. But um, I still rate him as one of the top players going into this uh, into this draft.
1: Yeah, it'd be definitely interesting to see where he goes. I've, I've heard that he could go as high as number four to North.
0: Yeah, I've heard the links to North. Um, obviously, Adelaide, at, uh, I think they've got Pick 12 or so. There's been a strong link there for him in being um, a South Australian, but um, I wouldn't be surprised if he uh, goes much higher than that, to be honest.
1: At number seven on our list, Jaden Stephenson, uh, another player with X Factor. Um, again, sort of a tallish. Uh, player, but slightly smaller body, I'd say, quite quite a skinny lad at this point in time. Um, but as I said, definitely has that X factor. Kicks a lot of goals, has elite pace, and just the potential to change a game within you know five and ten minutes of a quarter.
0: Yeah, I think that game-changing ability is what sets him aside from um, from other players in this draft. And the interesting thing about him is I can't really think of a great comparison for him in the AFL. He's so dynamic out forward, and when he's moved into the midfield, he's looked amazing on the outside. Um, he sort of had a bit of a slow start to his footy this year where uh, he started to get noticed a bit and started to get tagged um, and held him to about 17 touches or so in the first half of the year. Um, but he sat back and sort of took that in his stride and came out and in the last uh, 8 games of the year I think he averaged about 28 touches moving through the middle and laid 6 tackles. So. He's really uh, learned to apply himself and uh, hone his craft this year, and his game-winning uh, ability is certainly one that stands out.
1: Yeah, and the hard work's definitely paying off. Also in terms of his endurance, so he finished ninth in the two kilometres, uh, third in the yo-yo, and sixth in the twenty-metre sprint. So has that combination of endurance and also speed, which is highly sought after in today's game.
0: Yeah, he can run. That's one thing he's always been able to do, but some uh, people have uh, been questioning his kicking and saying it's not up to speed, but you look at the other sort of players in the AFL that sort of play the way he does on the outside, like Isaac Smith and those players, they all sort of uh, struggle to kick when they're at that top speed and that's a skill he'll sort of learn to control when he gets into the system. I think think he's uh, just outstanding x-factor and whoever picks him up will have a player who can start forward and later in his career move up into the middle and really impact around the ball
1: so if you have to go with one player comparison who would it be
0: Todd I think when he's up forward it would be someone like Jake Stringer who can just sort of be that sort of third tall x-factor player but when he's in the midfield maybe someone more like uh, Sean Higgins running around the outside there and pushing forward yeah someone like that
1: uh, we'll go to number 8, Nick Coffield, a half-back flanker and potentially through the midfield at times. Uh, tall boy, 191 centimeters, and probably looking to slot into the sort of Witherden or McGrath role in his first year, so coming off the half-back and uh, good disposals out of the back half, which is obviously highly sought after.
0: Yeah, I th- uh, Coffield's one that I really love, to be honest. He's a, a great prospect. He was a captain for his club. He's got touted as one of the best disposals coming out of the um, TAC Cup. I think even in the first half of the year he's meant to have had the highest disposal efficiency in the league, so he can use the ball tremendously well. But the thing that really grabs me about him is when he's up the ground towards the midfield, there's passages in his play where he'll get the footy flat-footed, and he'll have defenders around him maybe one metre away, and normally players have about half a second to get rid of the ball, but he can pick the gaps between the defenders and which way that they're moving and take two steps in the right direction, and that'll give him three or four seconds to get rid of that ball, sort of the way Pendlebury and Sam Mitchell was a master at it that everyone sort of underestimated. The ability to pick the gap, take a couple of steps into it, and that'll give them all the time in the world to get rid of that footy. It's
1: a great skill to have. Probably also aided uh, by the fact that he's pretty quick. So he finished uh, fourth in the 20-meter sprint at the Combine. So it does have that burst of pace to allow him to get away from a player.
0: Footy skills and pace, gimme. If I was a recruiter, I'd be all over him as a pick, I think. We'll move on now to uh, number nine. We've got the first of our key position players in the draft, and that's Aaron Norton. Uh, WA boy, key uh, defender, who is just, he gobbles up intercept marks. marks, he, he floats around and Draws everything in sight. You're looking at like a Jake Lever or a Jeremy McGovern type in that backline, who um, who really looks like he can step up and uh, play A-grade footy next year.
1: Yeah, so it got a good size to him at 194 centimeters, 85 kilograms at the moment. So probably look to maybe add a few more kilograms there, but yeah, definitely a good size and and maintains the uh, the agility. So he finished sixth in the agility test and third in the yo-yo. So definitely an exceptional athlete.
0: Yeah, very interesting to see where he goes in the draft because there's a couple of teams up the top end who maybe is a bit high for his pick. So Freo at five and Collingwood at six has been linked to, um, but whether they want to spend their high picks on the key position player is yet to be seen. But it was really interesting to see him get interviewed the other day by um, I think it was Seven News or something, and they asked him about what he felt about being linked to his uh, local WA club in. Uh, Frio or Collingwood and he came out and said, oh, I'd love to play for one of the bigger teams in Melbourne like Collingwood, I think that'd be great. So, that was really interesting to hear uh, hear that come out of his mouth.
1: Mm, possibly a bit of a message to Frio. <laughs> Don't take me. Uh, we'll go to number 10 now, Aiden Bonner. Um, a very interesting prospect, this one. So, hasn't played footy in about two years or played minimal footy at least over the last two years, had a knee reconstruction, had the full year out, and played a couple of games back and then turned and felt it go. Uh, Apparently, it was that the original reconstruction didn't take, so technically hasn't had two separate knee issues. Um, But definitely a lot of risk there.
0: Yeah, he certainly hasn't had any luck, and the talk was that back when he was playing junior footy, he just tore the competition apart and he looked like The best player anyone's ever seen but yeah obviously hasn't played much footy in the last two years which has done him damage but uh, i just think it's amazing with the uh change in footy that someone like him could end up going top 10 on draft night i mean if he played 50 years ago do you think that with the recruiters we have now and the sports science we have in place and the medical teams that know that they can get players over injury do you think 50 years ago he would have even been drafted now he's being talked about top 10
1: seems very unlikely Uh, obviously no draft system 50 years ago but um yeah it it does it it does seem very unlikely um obviously modern advances make it make it possible for these sort of players to come back and we've seen you know your daniel menzels or or the like who've who've managed to come back from several new issues so clubs will be willing to take the take the pun i think just for the elite talent that he represents
0: Yeah, and I think that's something that's been shown over this time as well as the amount of time he's put into his training with his personal trainers and uh, his running and it's come out in the combine that he was uh, just set records for the vertical standing jump and uh, came second in the 20-meter sprint, I think. So all of the hard work that he's put in has obviously paid off and clubs will probably see that commitment and see it as an asset.
1: There's some very good, actually, uh, highlight footage of him playing in the Under-18 All-Stars game on YouTube, and he, he dominated that game just clearly a level above, I think, even the top, uh, top players in his draft year, so really a special talent.
0: Yeah, and I think people see him um, definitely as a potentially great player and someone with a lot of upside, but also there are a whole lot of people who... Like, I think Kaltumi's come out and said that he's not sure that he would spend a high first-round pick on him just because of what we've seen from other players over these last two years, that it'd be too hard to look past some of these people like Cofield and uh, other players who have the runs on the board from their recent footy. So, yeah, it'll be interesting to see where he goes.
1: Yeah, absolutely. I would imagine that perhaps one of the teams with two top-ten picks might might take a look at him. So you've got the Saints picking at 7 and 8, and also Carlton at three and ten, so possibly at picks eight and ten could be where he goes.
0: Yeah, I've I've heard rumours that Carlton won't let him slip past their pick at ten, and I've heard the St Kilda rumours as well. So, yeah, he, he seems like he's destined to be a top ten prospect. So there's our uh, our top ten in our power rankings. Just to recap them there, we had Cam Rayner and then LDU, Paddy Dow, Andy Brayshaw at four, Adam Chera, Darcy Fogarty. Jaden Stephenson, Nick Cofield Aaron Norton and rounding it out as Aiden Bonner
1: pretty strong top 10 I'd say, it's touted as a weak draft year but I, I I don't really see it myself, at least at the top end
0: yeah definitely, I think that of all the players we mentioned there, there's sort of those ones that look like they'll be locks in the midfield for a long time to come and then there's so many people there with X Factor potentially top of the sort of league standard potential where yeah, I think we could look back and see this is a really strong draft, but yeah, we'll have to wait and see on that.
1: So adding to that that depth, he's a player I really like. Uh, we've got him at pick 11, Jack Higgins. Um, as a massive Dane Zorko fan, I'm pretty, I'm pretty high on Jack Higgins. Plays a, as a midfielder, so uh, similar vein to Zorko, he's a bit undersized for a midfielder, but definitely has the skills. Plays as a midfielder, but potentially more of a forward at AFL level.
0: Yeah, he's got... um. an amazing knack around the goals. He uh, won the Morrish medal in the TAC Cup this year for the best player and that was slotting 32 goals from his uh, 14 games so he can definitely work up forward. I think at the moment AFL clubs probably see him as that permanent forward but not as a small forward like we normally see them because small forwards in the AFL nowadays have to be pacey and have a lot of have a lot of toe which he doesn't necessarily have but he's got amazing game-changing skills so you look at a forward like Toby Green and he's probably the sort of player that uh, Jack Higgins will look to turn into up forward but I think people forget that Higgins is a midfielder he has been a midfielder his whole junior career by last year where he's gone forward to sort of hone his craft um, up forward a little bit so I think Dane Zorko was a great comparison that you made before it's probably the the ceiling for Jack Higgins
1: be very interesting to see where he goes, if he slides to do his height, someone could be getting a bargain.
0: Yeah, I think those small players often slide, like we saw it with Caleb Daniel, where no one wanted to pick him because he was too small, and then he came into the AFL and made no difference to the way he played, and he was still racking up the touches, so yeah, we'll wait and see. I think somebody will get a bargain, whoever picks him up. Right, we'll move on now to number 12, where we've got uh, Jared Brander. So he's a he's your classic utility where he can play key back and he can play key forward. He's one hundred ninety-four centimeters and ninety kilograms, so he's he's a big boy and he can he can really play either end well. And it's a matter of what clubs think that he's best suited to. I probably see him as playing a lot of good footy up the forward line, but again, it, it depends who picks him up and uh, where their sort of where their um, holes lie in their team.
1: Yeah, so there could be a few clubs I think interested him. In- in him as a swingman proposition, so for example the Pies and the Dockers both have early picks and both of them really could use key position players at either end, I think.
0: Yeah, definitely, so he gets that comparison to Ben Reed a bit, the way that uh, he can swing both ends when he's in defence, he can clunk a lot of marks, but he's damaging up forward as well, so I guess we'll see. He kicked, um, he kicked 20 goals for Geelong in 2015 and then missed a lot of 2016 with a knee injury, so when he came back for the academy they placed him in defence but he's really got runs on the board at both ends which is really appealing and I think definitely someone like uh, Richmond will be hoping he slides to them at, uh, at their first pick but um, it's really hard to place where he'll go in the draft
1: Next up we've got Charlie Constable uh, plays off the halfback flank and recently more into the inside midfielder role uh, has the size for it, 191cm Great on the inside, getting the ball out of the pack, shipping it out, and obviously, tall mids are sort of in vogue these days. So, it'd be interesting with him to see where his long term future lies.
0: Yeah, I think clubs definitely see his long term future in the middle as that Paddy Cripps tall midfielder. And the comparison to Paddy Cripps probably runs pretty well because um, he's not the quickest boy constable. He, he can get in and get the contested ball, but I think he ran that um, two kilometres, uh, two kilometre time trial with Rainer the other day, and I think he finished behind him, even closer to the eight minute mark in the two K. So he doesn't have the tank on him yet, so he'll definitely start at one of the, one of the flanks, I would say. But um, one of the great things about Constable is the way that he gets his teammates into the game. He loves to get the footy and then give it off to the best option, and. Um, I think that's the main thing that's come out of his teammates, uh, looking at all the interviews from the recent draft prospects.
1: He's one that I'll be hoping uh, slides down to 15 for Brisbane to pick up, I think. I, I really like him. I
0: will right, we'll move on to number 14 now, which is one of my favourites, Hunter Clark. He's your um, in-and-under midfield sort of beast brute player. He actually started and played most of his footy down back, but has recently been moved in on the ball, and he's your... He's your Rory Sloan, your Lenny Hayes tackling machine who gets the contested footy and um, loves to get in there and get his hands dirty.
1: Yeah, loves the contest. Um, Good for quite a few tackles per game and interestingly enough, got 28 out of 30 on the kicking test at the Combine, so definitely has the skills too.
0: Yeah, I think that comes from starting your footy a little on the uh, defensive side and then moving to the outside before he got to uh, the opportunity as an inside mid so I think he got a bit of a chance to hone those skills. One of the interesting stories to come out of um, those recent um, draft profile videos actually was he said that when he was an uh, underager uh, his team used to win a lot so when he came up against poor opponents he thought "Oh, this is a bit boring I'm going to kick on my left foot all day so it's got a bit, of, uh, <laughs> a bit of mongrel in him I think
1: Probably a good habit to get into We'll roll on to the next one, Uh, Oscar Allen. Uh, He's the Lark medal winner in the Under-18 Champs, so he was judged the best player at the Carnival, which is always a really high honour. He was the WA co-captain, and he's an interesting one for position-wise, because he's 191 centimetres, so a bit small for a key forward these days, but definitely does have the potential to play there, maybe a, a Tim Membry or a Jack Gunston type, what do you think?
0: Yeah, I think the comparison to someone like Tim Membry is really good, because I think you don't mark with your height you mark with your height and you jump and he came top 10 in the combine for his vertical jump and he's somebody who does play a lot taller than his size so yeah I think that's a really good comparison I mean he's a WA co-captain as well so he's got the leadership behind him I think one of the most interesting things with Oscar is being a WA boy uh West Coast have a lot of interest in him But West Coast is in a bit of a position where they need midfielders and top-tier midfielders. So it'll be interesting to see whether they bite on Allen with their first pick, knowing there's a local boy and he's been around the club and that they have a lot of interest in him and he won't last to their second pick, I wouldn't think. So I'll be really interested to see where he goes.
1: Is he viewed as a potential long-term midfield prospect at all?
0: Uh, Maybe. I think most people see him as that forward. I think... I think that's where he'll play his best footy in the long term. Um, definitely is that third tall option, but he's the sort of player who you could put in the key position uh, stocks and he'd play well there as well.
1: Alright, at 16 we have Lockie O'Brien, he's an outside midfielder, um, good endurance, came second in the 2km at the Combine in a six-twelve time, which is quite impressive.
0: Yeah, huge.
1: A very good kick and a very attacking player. So has that sort of attacking mindset that um, really helps to get the ball moving forwards.
0: Yeah, it's really good to have those players who are midfielders um, when they first come into a club and they'll come into a place where midfields are often set quite solidly and they'll need to find a second position to start their career and I really think that he can slip in as that backman to rebounding defender and later in his career move into that midfield. And I think he'll transition through those uh, steps really well, starting off using his ball skills from the back and then later moving on into the midfield.
1: Yeah, so a lot of praise for his uh, for his kicking ability. Um, I've seen some people rate him as the best kick in the draft. And uh, he's one that I know that Brisbane have quite a lot of interest in, so could see him in the Lions colours next year.
0: Yeah, I've, I've heard that as well, and uh, I think it would be a good pickup for you guys. He'd slip in. I've heard comparisons of him to someone like Nick Dalsano where they've got that silky ball movement. Um, they're probably more on the outside than the inside, but when you when you can run like he can with that time trial in the 2k, uh, he'll be uh, great on the outside at AFL level. Alright, we'll move on to number 17 now, which we've got uh, Noah Bolter. So he is one player which is a bit hard to place uh, in the AFL system because he's played a lot of his footy down back uh, up forward and also in the ruck uh, what do you make of him
1: probably a bit undersized for a ruck at the afl level i'd say at 195 centimeters but yeah as you said traditional utility players so really really handy to have those sorts in your side where you can throw them forward throw them back or into the midfield depending on how the game is moving um, looked really good as a as a defender in the championships i think
0: yeah, so I think he's played a bit of his cannons footy up forward but for the champs in defence I would agree that's probably where people see his best footy going forward and a couple of recruiters I think have come out and said if they pick him um, I think they'll be starting him uh, down in defence. Um, at the combine he was the uh, vertical jump king, he got 8th in the standing vertical and 7th for the running so I suppose that's where he gets his ability to play in the ruck and sort of be a tough matchup if he does. Um, end up being somewhere like a, a pinch hit Ruckman um, because of the way he's a little bit smaller and can uh, sort of jump and leap and cover the ground he's, he's a tough matchup for someone
1: Absolutely, very interesting prospect Noah Bolter um, at, at 18 we have Nathan Murphy um, again another utility so he's played all across the positions and was actually quite a very talented cricketer playing under the 19s for Victoria uh, ended up choosing football so he's definitely a, a very high level athlete And that showed in his two-kilometer time trial where he placed eighth?
0: Yeah, he's um, the big bolter of the draft. It's it's amazing. He's one of those people who was around, oh, maybe late first round, early second round. And then he gets an invite to the draft, meaning that one of the top ten clubs has nominated him as one of the potential players uh, that they want to select. Um, I've heard rumors of... Collingwood, St Kilda, and uh, the Bulldogs all being interested in him with uh, picks six to uh, six to nine, and yeah, it's amazing how quickly he's shot up the draft boards.
1: So uh, self-reporting that he models his game on on Harry Taylor and Tim Membry, so two player comparisons there to watch out for.
0: Definitely, definitely, and I think one of the other things that holds him in uh, good stead is the fact that he's he's quite young. I think he just turned uh 18 or is yet to turn 18 um when draft night turns around so he does have that um sort of extra extra time to develop on everyone else and also the fact that he's um sort of he's developed his uh endurance and his fitness uh to being a cricketer for most of his most of his life and once he turns into the pre-season of afl I think clubs think that he might even uh, get stronger and stronger as the years go by.
1: Definitely a lot of potential there.
0: Uh, we'll move on to number 19 now on our uh, draft list which is uh, Matthew Ling. So he's a bit of a uh, dashy half back maybe can turn into a bit of an outside mid. Uh, maybe a bit like uh, Williams from GWS is a good comparison for him, he uses the ball really well on his left foot which is probably one of his strengths. And um, He's also got a bit of agility, coming 10th in the Combine uh, for agility, as well as coming 3rd in the Yo-Yo Test, so he's an athlete and uh, he can use the ball well, so I really see him as one of those top top draft picks.
1: Yeah, and a good Geelong Falcons boy uh, with the name Ling, so potentially another Ling to Geelong if, if he falls around their picks, although no relation, I don't think.
0: <laughs> no, I don't think any relation, but you're right, um, Geelong love drafting their, their local talent as well. and. Surely, if you get a chance to, to bring another Ling into Geelong, that's as good a marketing ploy as anything else, I
1: would think. So, we'll round out our top 20. We have Ed Richards. Um, he's a halfback flanker, very dashing, got a good, good speed and good ball user. Um, takes the kickouts at junior level. Um, another good blood nut, so has the red hair, uh, nicknamed <laughs> Forever Red Richards, and has good footy bloodlines.
0: I don't know what his parents are doing, if you know, if they have red hair and they know their sons can have red hair, calling him Ed Richards, he's just going to be called Red Richards and it'll sound like everyone's saying his name in Scooby-Doo voice or something, I don't know what's going on there. Nothing
1: wrong with a good nickname.
0: <laughs> he's, got, uh, he's got footy heritage in him, so he's the grandson of Ron Richards, uh, who is the brother of Lou Richards, um, the famous uh, Collingwood and uh, media personality. Um, so he's got footy in his blood, and uh, I can see him turning into a yeah really damaging player off that halfback. He loves to loves to take the kick-ins because he rates his rates his skill. Um, says he models his game on someone like Heath Shaw, but the way he moves the ball out of defence is probably more of like a Rory Laird dasher out of there who can also use the ball really cleanly.
1: Be interesting to see if he pulls in Alex Witherton and uh, who apparently just rocked up to Brisbane and said I want to take the kick-ins. <laughs> The audacity of it all. He's very good at it, so you've got to back yourself. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I guess so. Alright, that rounds out our top 20. Um, a few prospects who probably could consider themselves unlucky to miss out. Lee, who have you got narrowly missing out on our top 20?
0: Well, we've got a couple of the boys that I think had forgotten about a bit in uh, Naish and Ballenden. Obviously Nath is uh, promising father-son going probably to Richmond if they match any bids for him. And uh, and a promising tall on Brisbane's academy, so there are a couple that probably get left off uh, draft boards a little bit because we probably know where they're going, but uh, two very promising prospects there. What about you?
1: Yeah, Sam Hayes, also another one, Hi. who uh, probably could consider himself unlucky and, and potentially I think will go in the top 20 on, on the draft night. And as you mentioned, Ballenden, very interesting one there, because last year he was rated as potentially top five, uh, maybe top five, top ten in, in the draft, and seems to have slid progressively as as the year went on.
0: Yeah, it's interesting how some of those players move. I think Hayes was definitely knocked by uh, his endurance. I think he ran at like an 8.20 or something in the 2K, which made clubs a bit worried. But um, I think the potential he's shown up forward means that he's not necessarily a Ruckman long term. So... Yeah, here's an interesting one that did just slip out of our top 20. Alright, we'll try out a new segment now called the uh, stock market. So Bill, I'm going to ask you a few football related questions and if you like what I'm dishing out to you, you can buy buy some stocks in them and if you don't like them, you can, you can sell everything you've got or you can hold them if you're going to wait and see, so we'll, we'll give this one a try.
1: Let's do it, put my stock market hat on. <laughs>
0: Alright, so we've had the uh, International Rules series uh, just come on at the, at the moment, so Australia versus Ireland in the uh, Gaelic football sort of hybrid game. So we had a good win in the first team and took a pretty pretty strong team over there with us, but um, came out with Penderbury, I think broke his finger and uh, not many people really watched or knew what was on. Uh, how are you thinking about International Rules? Are you buying shares or selling shares?
1: Um, it might be controversial. But I'm, I'm probably going to say I'd sell shares in the international rules. Um, I, I'm one, of, you know. Obviously, I'm a huge footy fan, but I wasn't too excited for it. And as a Brisbane fan, watching Dane Zorko play is is interesting and, and it's good fun. But always just in the back of my mind, I'm just a bit worried about, you know, what what if he does a knee or something. Um, so it, it's 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 an interesting concept, and I do enjoy it. But as a whole, I'd probably say I'm selling stock.
0: All right. Staying on the same topic, we had Nat5 come out in that game, and he was was blistering. He was running on top of the ground and getting balls and kicking goals and looking like he was back to his old self. He had a bit of a dip in his form last year, but he was looking amazing, but then again, it's only international rules. Nat5, buy or sell?
1: Buy, absolutely buy. Just too talented a player to obviously right off i think and yeah had his injury issues but we all know when he's up and running and at full flight he's arguably the best player in the competition and and definitely in the top five so uh, absolutely buying stock in in nathan five for this year
0: all right we'll round it out with the last one i've got for you which is the carlton footy club we were talking in our trade podcast the other week about the key position players they've got down there in wiedering and Marchbank and plowman and kurnow and all these great young players but the news came out this week that Doherty's gone down and done his ACL potentially their best player um, we've had Bryce Gibbs running out of that team as well, how do you rate uh, Carlton going forward?
1: Yeah, so Doherty going down obviously is a huge blow for their their chances in 2018 um, obviously probably not really in premiership contention but just their chances of, of stringing together a few good wins um, and obviously Gibbs out weakens them in, in the short term but overall I would say I, I'd be buying stock in Carlton, they've got uh, a good young coach in Brendan Bolton who seems to be doing quite well and building up the defensive side of the game first. Uh, be interesting to see if they do switch to slightly more of an attacking game this year or whether that that's probably on hold perhaps for another year. Um, but like I said, very good young list, very good young coach. And as an aside, I'd also be buying shares in their women's side who've recently added Taylor Harris um, to, yeah. to a side which already featured superstar Darcy Vesico. So yeah, I'd be overall I'd say buy both the shares in... Carlton Football Club men's and women's teams.
0: Yeah, good answer. All right, that brings us to a close of the first ever attempt at the uh, stock market segment. How'd I do? Yeah, I think you did alright. I think you, I think you put your money in some good places there.
1: Nailed it. Three out of three.
0: Uh, yeah, I think the uh, short-term prospects on on Carlton look pretty bleak. But you won me over with the uh, with the women's talk. I'm in. Sold. All right, we'll run through a bit of a phantom draft now for you. So we'll go through the first round and uh, take it turn by turn. So Bill will do one pick, and I'll do the next, and we'll try and uh, take a guess at who we think each club uh, might take. Um, we've got a few teams with some pretty strong hands going into the uh, into the draft. We've got Frio Saints and uh, the Blues and Brizzy having seven of the top ten picks, which surely doesn't happen very often. So those few people with the uh, back-to-back or couple of picks in the top end might uh, might have a very interesting draft hands coming out of this. Uh, do you want to kick us off on uh, Brizzy's first pick? They are your boys after all, Bill.
1: For the number one pick, I think the Lions will go with Cam Rayner. Um, clearly, they're probably the most talented player in the draft. As we said before, he's sort of a Dusty Martin clone at this stage and will be looking to improve in- his endurance so he can run through the midfield full-time. Uh, other options here, apparently Chris Fagan is a really big fan of Andrew Brayshaw, so possibly that we'll see him picked at one, but I think chips in for Cameron Rayner for the Lions. All
0: uh, right, well, Freo's got picked two, and I think if Rayner goes to the Lions, LDU will go here. I think they're the sort of clear top two, and it'll be probably um, LDU if Rayner's gone, um, and the other way around if LDU somehow goes to the Lions, so I think with pick two, Freo will go with uh, Davies Uniacke
1: pick three for the Blues. I think Paddy Dow is probably the man they're looking after. I know that some of the recruiters have him listed as the most promising player in the draft, so high potential there, and uh, I think the Blues will be very happy taking Paddy Dow at number three.
0: All right, number four got uh, North Melbourne. Um, I think they'll take Andy Brayshaw here. There's been a bit of talk around uh, Chera's name here, and um, uh, Fogarty as well. But um, yeah, I think Brayshaw is a pretty safe bet for a sort of star mid that they can um, work games into, so I think they'll go with Brayshaw.
1: Freo pick five, their second top five pick. I think they'll be looking to take Chera, um, second mid to add to LDU if they do end up taking him there at two, and they'll be very happy with the draft haul. Uh, those two in the top five, I think. Uh,
0: pick six is the Pies. Uh, I'll go with um, Fogarty here, Darcy Variety. Um, apparently they've met with him over the last few days and there's been a lot of talk about Aaron Norton because of their key position stocks but um, I think they'll go with what they think's best available here and Fogarty could be a star so I think they'll snap him up here. Uh,
1: the Saints picking at 7. First of their two back-to-back picks so I've got them taking Nick Coffield. Really good midfielder, very productive in the champs clean ball use and I think they'll be very happy with, with Nick Coffield at pick 7. Pick 8's uh,
0: Saints again And it's a bit of a tough one to place here, but I think they'll stick with uh, Stephenson. Um, There's been lots of talk over his heart condition that's come out over the uh, Combine period, and a few teams are apparently a little unsure of where he'll um, go in the draft now because people are not too certain about how that heart condition affects his uh, playing ability. But apparently Saints doctors were there at his uh, medical screening, so we've Got some interest in him, and if he gets the all clear from the doctors, um, I assume we'll take, snap him up. Otherwise, probably Hunter Clark and Aidan Bonner and some other people who could slide into that pick.
1: All right, the Dogs at pick nine. Um, I know they're very keen on Nick Caulfield, although unfortunately for them, we have him going pick seven to the Saints. So in what could be a bit of a surprise selection, I have them taking Ed Richards, who's currently shooting up the draft boards. Um, the Dogs will be very keen on Richards' elite kicking skills. And very yeah, very much looking forward to adding someone of his quality, I think, to their list. So they'll, I think they'll take Ed Richards here, and the potential for Murphy, I think. They might take Murphy.
0: Pick 10 is the Blues, second of their top 10 picks. They've already added uh, Paddy Dow on our list, so I think they've got a bit of liberty to go with a little bit more of a risky pick here and take Aiden Bonner, who hasn't played a lot of footy because of those knee injuries, but talent's obviously there, and I think um, yeah, they might add him to the mix.
1: For GWS at pick 11, I've got them taking Lockie Fogarty. I know he's one that the Lions are very keen on. Uh, unfortunately, he's not going to last that long in our phantom. Lockie Fogarty's a hard-nosed midfielder, loves to tackle and possesses really good skills, so I think the Giants will be happy to snap him up at pick 11. Uh, also has a family link to Callum Ward. Next is the Crows.
0: Um, I've got them taking Hunter Clark. He's a, uh in-and-under midfielder who I really like out of this draft class. Um, will be a good understudy for Rory Sloan, I think so. I think they'll um, slide him in there for some midfield depth and um, let him learn off Rory.
1: West Coast to pick 13, I've got them taking Oscar Allen, who's a slightly undersized key forward but performed very well in the championships, kicking 11 goals. Uh, good on the lead and good at ground level and a uh, local WA boy, so I think the the Eagles would be keen to snap him up here.
0: Next is Sydney. Um, I've got them taking Murphy, the cricket convert. He's got some uh, flexibility they can um, throw him at either end of the ground and... Um, I hear that they
1: really rate his skills, and I think they'll take him here. Picking for my boys, the Lions at 15, I've got us taking Lucky O'Brien. Some people have said he's the best kick in the draft, and he's definitely a very damaging outside player. Uh, Line-breaking sort of player, so I think we'll be keen to add uh, someone of his ilk at pick 15 and and boost our midfield stocks.
0: And next is the Dogs. Um, Got them taking Aaron Norton, who slid a bit in our draft board. Um, Sometimes happens with those key position players who go a little later than you think um, considering that he is probably one of the best um, key position players in this draft but um, people are sort of a bit split on how highly rated he is. Um, I think the dogs will pick him up. They don't have too much depth in their key position defender stocks.
1: Next up for the Tigers at pick 17, I've got them taking Jared Brander. I think they'll be very happy if he's still on the draft board here come, come the draft night. 195cm key position player who plays at either end of the ground. Very mobile and reads the ball well in the flight, so I think they'd be very happy if he's still here.
0: All right, and the two picks uh, at the end of the first round, we've got the Lions again. Uh, I think they'll take Higgins here, who's they'll be quite happy, I think, if he gets gets all the way to their pick uh, at the end of the first round. Uh, Just a very skillful player, and I think it'll be too good to pass up still being available at this pick.
1: Gold Coast coming up next, and we have them taking Charlie Constable, who has started to slide recently in the last couple of weeks. Um, could potentially go quite a bit higher than this, but at 190cm, he's a tall midfielder who can also play as a rebounding defender off the half-back flank. And if he lost to pick 19, I think Gold Coast would be very happy to stamp him up.
0: Uh, we'll do a couple of extra picks for the teams that don't have any uh, selections in this first round. Um, next of those would be the Cats, who have their first pick at pick 22. Um, I think they'll take uh, Maddie Ling here. Um, we'll get another Ling down to Geelong. Why not? I think he's a very skillful player who'll go around this point in the draft. And being a Geelong boy, um, which they do like to select, I think um, they might pick him.
1: D's are up next, coming in at twenty-nine. As we get down the draft board, it's a bit difficult to sort of place players into their positions. But I'm going to go with Riley Stoddart, who's a defensive wingman. <laughs> uh, I think the D's would be happy to get him in at pick twenty-nine. Uh, Hawks, we're getting pretty
0: late in the draft now, coming down at uh, about pick uh, 43. I think Hawks will be searching for midfielders here. They need some depth in that middle. Um, maybe someone like Warple, who's who's a big uh, inside big-body mid. Um, not sure if he'll last this far, but if he's still on the board, um, I think Hawks uh, like him a little bit, so they'll be hoping he makes it to their first
1: pick. Porter coming in next at pick 46. Uh, obviously, Ford has sort of gone all in for a flag tilt, so they'll be looking for someone, I think, with a lot of upside, and, and I've got that as Jackson Ross, a late convert from tennis. So a lot of upside there and plays mid-forward, I think they'd be happy if he got him there.
0: And finally, we've got the Dons, Essendon coming in at pick uh, 48. We've got uh got Dylan Moore here, who's a 176cm small uh, midfielder, mid-forward. Um, I think he was one of the ones that was linked to them sort of early in the draft period, that they might have gone and watched some games or spoken to him um his one due to his height might slide a bit later in the draft than you would think so i think his one that they might eye off with uh their first pick 48
1: there you have it that's the first round and a few other supplementary players on our phantom uh we'll come back afterwards and see how we did hopefully relatively correct uh, we will
0: go now to our uh, big talking point of the week um since our last podcast with uh the trade period, we've had some more action with Port Adelaide going bananas and picking up every uh every loose player that they could find. What do you think about that?
1: Yeah, so they're clearly obviously having a crack here at a flag, I think. Um bringing in a few players who, who could definitely add something to their side if, if they can find some form. I think one of them is Trent McKenzie, the super boot from Gold Coast. Yeah. Um yeah, it'd be interesting to see whether he can get a, a run off half back in a in a quality side like Port should be next year.
0: Yeah, he's got the big kick, doesn't he, which is what he's famous for, can kick goals from 70, 80, big super boot, um, so here's somebody else that can slide in along that back line with, I've introduced some younger players like Howard and uh, these types across the back line, so I guess they're just adding some depth in there in case. Um, another one they brought in was uh, Jack Trango from, from Dees.
1: Yeah, so ex-captain in the Melbourne Football Club, um, unfortunately his career went a bit downhill from there, but... Definitely has the talent, drafted at number two, I believe, in in the same draft as Dusty Martin went number three. So definitely showed the talent as a junior. It'll be interesting to see whether he can replicate that uh, for Port Adelaide next year.
0: Did you see there was a tweet that came out from Jackson Trengove, who previous Port Adelaide player who's recently been traded to the Dogs, when it came out that Jack Trengove from Melbourne got picked up by Port. He sent out a tweet saying, mate, I've got a box of old crap with your name already (laughs) on it if you want it. (laughs) Jay Trengrove. I didn't
1: see it myself, but great great form Jackson Trengrove. Uh, probably the best thing he's done all year, to be honest. Um and yeah, who else are they? I think I believe they're looking at Lindsay Thomas in the draft.
0: Yeah, I think it's being confirmed now that um North delisted Thomas because um Port Adelaide had uh formally agreed to pick him up in the rookie draft, I think. There's been no uh confirmation put through yet because the rookie draft's still to come, but I think that's the word that they've committed to taking Lindsay as well very interesting yeah i guess as port is not taken anymore young players do you think it's that they don't trust the uh sort of potential down this end of uh this particular draft or is it or is it that they see these players
1: as particularly having upside i guess they've, they've made the decision to you know to go all in sort of on their trades and obviously found themselves out of the top end of the draft so i i think it's it could be a good idea you know um these players have proven AFL potential to varying degrees. So instead of picking a kid, you know, it picks, picks 50 and 60 plus. it, You know, it has its merits, I think.
0: Yeah, I think what it comes down to is their best players. You're looking at your Eberts and Greys and Riders. They're all towards 30 years old. And I think that they see that they've got two or three years, I think, to have this shot. And if you have a player like Mackenzie coming in to fill an injury role, that's going to help you a lot more than probably a player down this end of the draft, so I guess we'll wait and see, I don't know if any of these guys will get games, but they've being given a lifeline, so we'll see. If yeah, we absolutely,
1: go hard or go home, you know, you've got to be in it to win it, so uh, I don't mind it from port, you know, load up and have a crack while you can. Alright, that's all we've got time for this week, uh, hopefully we can get this out before the draft actually occurs, uh, that's going to be this Friday, the 24th, November, So those of you who are keen draft watchers, make sure you're tuned in to see who your club takes. Um, Hopefully Brisbane have a good run and hopefully the Saints do too.